is good news. What I'd like to do this morning is put something in your heart to make you happy and uh, thrilling, astonishing. I always tell the people, you uh, know, tell myself, I said, you know, if I'm not astonished with the gospel, then maybe I'm not really hearing the gospel. You know, the good news of what God has done for you and me in Christ should take you by utter surprise. It makes no sense to your mind. It makes, it, it's, it's foolishness to man, but to us who believe it, the Bible says, it's, it's, it's the power of God. It's like the, the energizing strength for every part of our life. I want to share with you something about the gospel that's astonishing. It's like I always say in the, in, 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 uh, the, the little video my son Justin said it, but I always tell people, God loves you completely. He doesn't just love you. He loves you completely. That there's no disappointment in the Father concerning you. That God doesn't know you according to your flesh, but he knows you according to your redeemed innocence. This makes me shake my head like, can it it be? Can the gospel be so astonishing that God doesn't know me for me? That God knows me just in Christ. See, faith is the greatest delivering force. Faith gets you out of a worldview of you when it's functioning. And faith puts you into a worldview of him. So now your life isn't based on your sufficiency, but his sufficiency. It's not your goodness, but his goodness. It's not your obedience. It's his obedience. It's the obedience of one that pre-approved me eternally. When I think of that, I think, you've got to be kidding me. Can it be? Can we share the gospel with, with people in a way that shocks them with the revelation of the Lamb? So I want to share something with you this morning uh, which has really stirred my spirit. It, 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 this is why I preach. This is why I do what I do. This is why I'm still in business and didn't throw in the towel. It's to be astonished. At the love of God. Are you ready for this? Go with me in your Bible if you can. Luke 2. Luke 2 verse 12. Here's, here's a verse. And let me set this up before I read the verse. This is uh, in the Bible where it tells the story of Jesus' birth. Now think about this. God needed to get the attention of mankind. And so what do you and I do when we want to get attention of people? We post something, don't we? We post something on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, and you don't post something for it to be hidden. You post something so it will be seen. My son, one of my sons, always taking pictures of everything he's eating, you know, at every meal or something. And, and, you know, when I see his pictures, I get a little, like, envious. But I click like. In other words, that post got my attention, and it moved me. See, if something is posted, and it doesn't get your attention... Or it doesn't move you. It doesn't have an effect. You're going to find out today whether the gospel has ever really affected you. You're going to find out today if you're just religious or if you've been consumed with amazing grace. And what's so amazing about posting things, it it has a way to grab your heart. Recently, my wife had posted something, pictures with our grandkids. In fact, this morning, I got a picture between services of my little granddaughter in a church service lifting her hand. She's five. It warmed my heart. It was, a, it was a text. I wish it was somewhere where I could 
click like to it. But it was a beautiful thing. Sometimes Heidi, when I'm traveling, she'll post things, pictures of our grandkids, and I'll see them. And, you know, 150 people liked it. And, you know, when she posts a picture of me, nobody likes it. You know, there's something wrong. You know, people, people like things that stir them, that, that, that move them. And so God needed to get the attention of the human race, so he makes an announcement with, 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 with heaven filled with angels. Like, and notice, God wanted to get a message out, so he didn't go to the politicians. He didn't go to the billionaires. He didn't go to the people who have all the answers, the people who think they're so smart. He went to shepherds. He went to simple people like the Keith Hershey's of the world, little farm kids, little kids that just hardly knew how to get out of the rain, but knew how to deal with farm animals. And suddenly these shepherds who have no qualification, they weren't necessarily moral people. So the news of the announcement wasn't because they were good. The news of the announcement is because the announcement is good. And read the scriptural account. This is what the Bible says in Luke 2.12. And this will be the sign to you. You know, a sign is so significant. A sign can tell you where you're at. A sign can tell you where to go. A sign can give you perfect peace if you feel you're lost. Uh, you know, when we're traveling, Heidi and I drove up yesterday from the San Fernando Valley up here. Beautiful drive, beautiful day. And there are a lot of signs. I mean, I could have gone to San Diego. I could have gone to San Francisco. There are all kinds of signs, but the signs didn't grab me. They didn't move me because I had you in my heart. I was going to agape, to share agape. And so the signs didn't move me, but, but if you want God to be involved in your midst, the sign that he gives to you it's got to grab you. It's got to, it's got to pull you. It's got to, it's got to stir you. So this will be the sign to you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. What God wants you to see is not yourself. This is why sometimes people ask me when I'm in the Middle East. They say, Keith, do you tell everybody you know what's wrong with their religion? I said, Never. I mean, if you want to do it, have at it. You know, that's not my assignment. I don't preach about them. I preach about him. What I've learned about life and missions and ministry is I never diminish or demean anybody. I just give them the overwhelming good news of the gospel, which triumphs overall. And they transition out of their flesh life or their worldview life that may be wrong into the life of faith in Jesus Christ. But this will be the sign to you you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You know, a sign has to be understood. It's like uh, when I fly around the world. When I land in Beirut, Lebanon, for example, when I land, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know north, south, east, west. The, the, it's, the, the city is confusing. All the signs are in Arabic. I don't read Arabic. But when I land, there's somebody with me, one of my staff. They're, they're always with me. It's comforting because they interpret the sign. So I always have a sense of peace. 
I'm in a comfort zone because somebody is interpreting the signs so I have a peace point. I believe that what God gives apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, why God gives ministry gifts is to be interpreters of what the sign is saying so people have peace and they can have peace with God. And so the sign is a baby that's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The sign's not just the baby. The sign's a baby that's wrapped. It means something. And it's a baby that's not only wrapped, but it's a baby in a manger. If you don't have an interpretation, it won't move you. You know, there's so many people in our culture today, they know this verse by heart. They know the Christmas story, but it doesn't move them. They haven't been stirred with the truth of the sign. It's like years ago, my youngest son had a friend in school who uh, his mother was completely deaf. And this lady was a good friend of my wife, Heidi. And they'd get together a lot and things. But sometimes the families would be together. And this lady was brilliant. She could read lips perfectly. She could speak perfectly. And you would never know that she had a challenge. But what I always enjoyed is when she wanted to say something to her kids that nobody else should understand, she went to signs. Sign language. And I always was fascinated with signs because signs mean nothing to me unless they're interpreted. And I believe when God gives a sign, it needs to be translated or understood in a way that it can move you so the sign can fully fulfill what its purpose is for your life. The sign is to you. What is this sign that's so significant? Well, it was a baby wrapped. Why was the baby wrapped? Well, in Mark's gospel, chapter 15, it talks about that when Jesus died, that he, that a guy named Joseph of Arimathea came in request of the body. Remember that story in the Bible? And Joseph wrapped the body of Jesus in linen, the scripture said, and then laid him in a tomb that was hewn or cut out of a rock. And they rolled a stone in front of him. That's Mark's gospel, chapter 15. And uh, it's so interesting that, that uh, what God wanted the shepherds to see was not just the baby, but the baby wrapped. It means something. In other words, the baby is born to die. This baby is born to pre-approve not only the shepherds, but everyone everywhere. And so the baby was born wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. The manger was, you know, where they would feed the animals, but it was, it was hewn. It was cut out of a rock. The mangers in those days, like when I was a kid raising farm animals, we would have feeding troughs. I made my own feeding troughs out of wood many times, like in 4-H and things. But in, in Bible days, it was cut out of a rock. So the picture, the sign, was God's love in Christ, the baby who was born to die, to do a work for everyone. Do you know, the life of Jesus shows you that God is good to you. But the death of Jesus shows you that you are good to God. Let me say that again. The life of Jesus shows you that God is good to you. You know, most people have a, have a misinformed view of who God is. They think he's mad. They, they think he's going to get you because they don't have an understanding of God in Christ. Jesus is the perfect picture of the Father. 
In fact, no one knows the Father except the Son, Jesus said, and those to, 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 to whom he reveals him to. So Jesus, you know, came to give us a perfect picture of the Father. How did he do that? By doing good things. He would heal. He would deliver. He would help pay people's taxes. He would feed people. He would raise the dead. He would teach powerful teachings. Jesus came to show us that God is good to us, but then Jesus died to show us that we are good to God. Do you know how I know I'm good to God today? Do you know how I know I'm righteous today? It's got nothing to do with me. Nothing. And that, to me, is astonishing. I love the phrase in the Scripture in in, uh, Romans uh, 4, where it says, He was given up for our transgressions, and he was raised up for our justification. One phrase to me is the, is, the, is the description of what the sign says. He was given up, Jesus was born to be given up for our transgressions, and he was raised up for my justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, the next phrase says, I have peace with God. It's astonishing to me. My righteousness before the Father is simply him. And uh, it's like when, when somebody sends a message on Instagram or on Facebook, they want your heart to be moved with the sign of what they're saying, that you like it, that you just click the like button, that you like it, or that you share it. You know, what God wants you to do when you see the sign that he gives, when heaven announces the announcement, all God wants from you is just to believe it. Just to like it and just to share it. You can do it if it's astonishing. But if it's not astonishing, it'll just be religious. It won't move you. It won't transform you. And it won't be your stability in your life. You'll always be grasping and craving for other things. You know what I found in life about uh, getting directions? For example, even driving up here. You know, I ask my wife sometimes when she's driving with me or riding with me, you know, to you know, watch certain signs for certain exits or whatever. But when Heidi's not with me to help me and give me a little advice, then I use my, my, my girlfriend, Siri. Do you know Siri is with me all the time? You know, I'm just kind of joking, but on the iPhone, there's, uh, you know, Siri is, the, I guess, the, the person you can ask anything. But Siri gives me directions. Do you ever follow Siri's sign? Siri says, in two miles... Take exit 45 to whatever, you know. Have you ever disobeyed Siri? When you disobey Siri, Siri, she'll talk back to you. Make a U-turn, right? Go to the next street, make a U-turn. You know what I found in life? When I've made mistakes, I can always go back to the sign. Because the sign is the truth about me. The sign will always recalibrate your mind to who you really are. And that's why it's important that we understand the beauty of what Jesus Christ has done. Look at it, it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 15. We looked at verse 2, verse 12. Look at verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. See, if the sign doesn't move you, then you're in trouble. Then, then, then you don't understand what this gospel thing's all about. But it moved them to see the sign which the Lord has made known unto them. Then look at verse 17. Now when they had seen Jesus or saw the sign, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. In other words, they shared what they saw. 
Unless you understand the sign and it moves you, you don't talk about it. You don't share it. You don't become a public, uh, you know, point of contact for people about the sign. But when it astonishes you, 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 you share it. They shared it. Now, notice how these people, now remember, these are uneducated guys. These people didn't go to Bible school. These people didn't know a lot of Bible verses by heart. They were simpletons. But look at it says, verse 18, and all those that heard it marveled. Everybody say marveled. I like that word marveled. When's the last time you've marveled at the gospel? When's the last time you woke up in the midst of the challenges of your life with your mind and your worldview filled with complications and frustrations and just took time to marvel at the gospel? This is the way I prepare my heart for ministry. This is the way I prepare my heart for life. This is really the way I pray. The way I pray is to behold the love of the Lamb of God and get to a place of astonishment where I can decree things, where I can speak things. Because listen, if I'm trying to pray based on natural things, prayer is a tough work. You understand what I'm saying? But if it's a declaration out of the beauty of the one who works out all things beautifully, then I can speak over things, whether it's my kids, my grandkids, my extended family, those working with me, those I'm in fellowship with, or people I don't even know. I can do it by faith and decree the beauty of the Lamb of God. So it says, all those that heard it marveled. All those that heard it marveled. This is the question I ask myself. When's the last time somebody has marveled by hearing me preach? You know what my goal is? My goal is when I'm in, in Lebanon or if I'm in London like I was last week or if I'm in uh, you know, Africa like I was three weeks ago or wherever I'm at or if I'm in San Luis Obispo, wherever I'm at, I pray my prayer is, Father, let me be so, so enveloped in the sign. Let me be so immersed in the beauty of the life and the death of the Lamb of God that God is good to us and that we are good to God and help me to announce the news where there's astonishment. I think when you're astonished, you live differently. You believe differently. You have a capacity to share of the goodness and the grace of God. Notice when they shared the gospel, they didn't have to... uh, work at it. They didn't have to <laughs> fast and pray. Uh, they, didn't have to, they, they, they didn't have to put on something they weren't. I remember I used to make uh, ministry such a burden. You know, I always thought I had to pray for, you know, 15 hours or something. You know, I had to be, you know, anointed or something. I Listen, I'm learning the older I get, all I got to do is just be astonished. Glory to God and just be loaded with the beauty of the love of God in Christ and announce the news of what the Lamb has done. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, this is what these folks have done. So Jesus was born to die. He was the sign of redeeming love. And Jesus' life shows us that God is good to us. Jesus' death shows us that you are good to God. And when you tell that to people that God's got nothing on you, they look at you like, huh? Can it be? Can there be a gospel where God's got nothing on me that was all put on the lamb. Is it possible? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so when they shared the love, 
these shepherd boys, it wasn't awkward, it wasn't clumsy, it wasn't religious, it wasn't fake, but it was real. It was authentic. It was joyous. It wasn't a drag. And this is the beauty of astonishing love. Here's what happens, I think, to the hearts of people who can share the gospel that's astonishing. Number one, I think these shepherds and each of us can experience this astounding love or astounding grace. And when I use the term grace, I'm just talking about the unmerited favor of the Father, the favor that you and I have, which we don't deserve and never can deserve. It's astounding to me. That word astounding means to be overwhelmed with amazement, to be astonished greatly, to be in shock with wonder or surprise. When's the last time you've just lived astounded or astonished by the love of the Father? I try to have points throughout my day where I just click the like button. Even on my bad days. Even on my grumpy days. I know it's hard for you to imagine, but I have grumpy days. I know it's hard for you to imagine, but this guy is wrapped in flesh, and sometimes I really, really get angry. This guy is wrapped in flesh where this guy sometimes says things he should never say. And do things he should never do. None of you are like that. That's why I like you all. But you know what I need to know? I need to know I'm as righteous when I'm good as when I'm bad. It blesses me. And you know, I click the like button. It's a beautiful gospel. And it changes us. Do you know the more you behold him, you're transformed into the very image of who he is. Just look to the sign and like it. Just like it. Just have believing moments throughout the day. Even when everything that's natural counters the truth. I'm preaching good now. I know I'm preaching good because I have nothing else to say. You know, when I have nothing else to say, I always say I'm preaching good now. Gives me a chance to gather my thinking. Praise the Lord. But they experience astounding love. Astounding grace. My daily duty as a preacher is to be, to be astonished. That's the way I prepare. Say, Keith, did you preach 15 hours before you got here? Nope. Or did you pray 15 hours? Nope. I pray constantly looking to the Lamb and saying yes to the promises of God, but not the way I used to. I just want to be so thrilled with the gospel that whether I'm in an airport or pumping gas at the gas station or in the grocery store or on a big crusade, that the love of God astonishes people, overwhelms them, being astounded with the grace of God. The second thing is this. After you experience this astounding love or astounding grace, then you experience abounding love or abounding grace. In other words, grace that grows, grace that increases, love that intensifies. Abound means this. It means to occur or exist in great quantities. It means to be rich or well supplied. It means to be filled to the brim or overflowing. Are you abounding in the love of the Father? Is your heart triggered day in and day out with the astonishing good news of what God has done in Christ? It's a beautiful thing. Romans 5.17 says this. 
For if by one man's offense, that was Adam, if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, everybody say receive. Those who receive an abundance of grace. In other words, you're abounding in it. An abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they reign in life through the one. You don't reign through yourself. You reign through himself. And the beautiful thing, the sign that the shepherds saw was the beauty of what Jesus was going to do for everybody. And it made them proclaim it. The life of Christ and the death of Christ. And the Bible says if you just receive an abundance of grace and if you can just receive daily that your righteousness is a gift granted, you'll reign that day. And I tell you, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to have this kind of abounding love. So you experience astounding love, then you experience abounding love. And the third and the final thing is I think they experienced a resounding love or a resounding grace. In other words, they told others. They shared the story. They didn't sit still. I think people who are really astonished with the love of the Father are otherly minded. I think they get involved in things. I think, I, I don't, I think if, you're, if you're astonished with the love of God, if you see the sign of the love of the Lamb, it moves you. It makes you participate. It, it makes us generous. It, it, makes us, it makes us help and equip and, and reach. The shepherds went on their own with no assignment except they just went on their own to tell others. No training. And everyone who heard them was astonished. Not 90% of them. Not 50%. Not just the conservatives or not just the liberals. Everyone who heard them was astonished. I want to live my life. If I'm preaching to Muslims, they're astonished. If I'm preaching to Hindus, they're astonished. If I'm preaching to atheists, they're astonished. If I'm preaching to Christians who forgot what the sign's about, they're astonished. You know, sometimes people get mad at an astonishing gospel because people still want to save themselves. But I tell you what, I've come to the place where I know Jesus, like your pastor said, Jesus is my Savior, and he's the only hero I need. I don't need myself as a hero. I don't need myself to save me or anybody else. Jesus is my Savior. And all God's people said, it's the good news. And so they experienced this resounding grace. They told the story. Resound means to, to make an echoing sound, to utter loudly, to be impressive or thorough. Through the years, people have said, different things to me because when you preach the astonishing sign of the love of the Lamb, everybody doesn't get it. They, they, they misinterpret. They, 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 they think you're, you're, you're just being too light and loose with certain things that are required. But I tell you, but then I, I know through the years all, often people have misunderstood me and it always frustrated me because I like to be liked. Don't you? In other words, when I post something, I like when somebody likes it, but I really like it when they share it. I have a Facebook page, which is a, what do you call the public pages or these things? But every day I just share something on the love of the Father. So I like when people like it. It means it grab their heart. But I really like when people share it. And you know what the Father really wants from you? He wants you to like what he did for you, even if you don't know how to believe it. He wants you to like it. And to take hold of it by faith. Just call it good for you. And then he wants you to share it. 
He wants you to go public in such a way which astonishes everybody around you of the goodness of what the Father has done. And I just believe that when you do that, God orders your way with supernatural things. I was uh, so blessed in just my recent travels, just with people that come into your circle of influence who are blessed, who are healed, or surprised, who are delivered, just through the simplicity of the love of the Lamb. So let the love of God in Christ anchor your heart, friend. I know when you do, when you're astonished like the shepherds were, great things are in store for you.